from Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It was at once the most rewarding scene partner on the planet and the most challenging, <laughs> you know, because when she's sleeping in your arms, you really have a baby sleeping in your arms and it just does something to you physically, you know, and like your heartbeats are sinking up and uh, you're just so protective of this four-year-old who's completely surrendered herself to you. Margaret Qualley isn't a parent, but she grew close to the young four-year-old who played her daughter in the Netflix limited series, Made. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talked to Margaret Qualley about making Made, which required her to be in virtually every single scene. Plus, we talk about her bond with her young co-star, and also the treat of getting to work with her mother, Andy McDowell, who also plays her mom on the show. It's all next on this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Inspired by Stephanie Land's memoir, Made, Hard Work, Low Pay, and a Mother's Will to Survive, Netflix's Made stars Margaret Qualley as Alex, a young woman who escapes in the middle of the night with her young daughter after her emotionally abusive husband turns violent. To make ends meet, she tries to earn money as a housekeeper, but with a child who needs care, no home of her own, and a bureaucratic system stacked against women facing such a predicament, Alex faces setback after setback in trying to find a better life for herself and her daughter. In this scene, Anika Noni Rose plays a wealthy client who stiffs Alex, leading Alex and her friend to swipe the homeowner's dog. Did you steal my dog? My slightly insane friend borrowed your dog, yeah, for a potential hostage situation. But I'm returning him to you, and uh, here you go. Give me your dog back. I'm the hero. Oh my fucking God! I am calling the police! Call the police. Yeah. Call the police, and I'll tell them that you're a thief. You owe me $37.50. Unbelievable. I do not negotiate with criminals. You're gonna pay me what you owe me. I am not paying you one dime. You didn't even come back to finish. No, I did. I, I came back to your house. I was on my way back to your house and I got into a horrible car accident on Route 20. And my two-year-old daughter and I, we've been living in that car. So uh, we became homeless. And then, because you're a cheap motherfucker, I couldn't feed her and I couldn't house her and I couldn't get her off of the floor of the ferry station. So then, this morning, the court took her away from me. You lost your dog for five minutes, and I lost my daughter. You can go fuck yourself. Maid also stars Nick Robinson as Alex's husband, Sean, Billy Burke as her estranged father, and Andy McDowell as her troubled mother. And by the way, McDowell also happens to be Qualley's real-life mother as well. Quali has received nominations from the Golden Globes and Critics' Choice Awards, and most recently was nominated for the SAG Awards in the Female Actor in a Limited Series or TV Movie category. I recently spoke with Quali about Maid, working during the pandemic, her favorite movie starring her mom, and here's a hint, this episode is being released the day after Groundhog's Day. And I began by congratulating Quali on her SAG nomination and asked her what it's like to be recognized this way by her peers. Oh, it's just, it's the coolest thing, you know? It's like when the people that you look up to the most and that you really just respect see something that you're in and think that you're okay, like it's the best feeling. Like, you know, that's the opinion you care about the most. Well, I mentioned that you've been down this road before. Of course, you were Emmy nominated. What do you remember about that experience? Was it surreal? What do you remember about going to that show, being nominated? Uh, what was that whole experience like for you? 
Oh, it was just so exciting. I um, That was for Fosse Verdon and I had the best time making that. And I got to work with people that I've been, you know, looking up to since forever. Michelle Williams is, you know, one of the best actors out there. And she's also from my, she's from Montana where I was born too. So I've, I've had like this weird, well, not weird. I've had a, an affinity for Michelle, a, a weird claim over her, I guess, you know, cause like Montana treats it like she's one of our own and she's the best. And, um, and so I got to work with her and then I got to work with Sam Rockwell and Sam's just, you know, the absolute best. And so it was really exciting to, to go and, and be around a bunch of people that I just love and think are the most talented, hardworking, good humans. You know, it's so funny, by the way, when you mentioned that you're, you're from Montana, I don't know why it, I did not, and this is spoiler alert, if you haven't watched The End of Maid yet, but it's been I, out oh. there for a while, so I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it for you, but for Maid to end with you in Montana, I mean, it was, it's such an uplifting ending to the, the show in general, but that must have like been especially surreal for you. It was, it was so surreal. You know, I climbed that when I was a little girl with my mom. So to (laughs) end the show that way, it it felt incredibly kismet. And um, I'm definitely one of those people that likes to believe that things happen for a reason. And that um, if you're on your path, you'll be made to know it. You know, if you're acting out of your heart that you like the world will kind of give you little reminders of of that or, or some kind of guidance, I hope. And, um, and that, that, that felt like that when I was reading the script, I was like, Oh gosh, now I have to get it. This is close. You know, I was like, I really, I feel like I've got to do this. It's, it's too many weird, strange connections. Yeah. And that was even before you convinced them to cast your own mother. But, uh, so I mean, (laughs) talk about like a, a personal experience, just doing this. Did it feel like different? I mean, now that you've done a number of major high profile productions, what would you say was sort of, uh, how did Made feel different or unique to you in 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 that whole experience? Made felt just like the hardest thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> it was so hard. I was so tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was so hard. I but I like also the greatest. You know, like it was it was great to have um, the opportunity to like to do that kind of work where there's you know. It was a lot of me. It was a lot of me yeah. doing. I very much felt the, that weight, you know, like, okay, like if I'm okay, this show will be okay. If I'm not, it won't. Um, and, um, but at the same time, like when you, when you feel that it's, it's amazing. Like I felt so supported by the crew. I felt so, so, so supported um, because they were the only thing that was constant, you know, because the directors, you know, in and out, like there's different directors for every episode. and the cinematographer is changing and, you know, the writers aren't around very much because they're writing the next episode. And so the thing that was constant was this, this, you know, crew of people in uh, Victoria and Vancouver Island that are just there every single day before I get there, they're there. And after I leave, they're there and they're working harder than me. So like, that was the thing that just kept me, you know, pushing myself because I'm like, it's the middle of COVID. All these people are risking their lives so that I can tell this story. And, you know, it's based off of Stephanie Land's memoir. Stephanie Land has gone through, you know, some of the worst experiences imaginable. And 
I'm just doing pretend version. So I've got to make it as authentic as I possibly can because I've got the love of all of these people around me and we're all in it together. And, um, and that was really special for me. I hope at the very least, though, when you're in the scenes where you're stealing Regina's wine at her house, you're like, guys, can can this be real wine? Like, I, I just I need a I, I just need a glass. Come on. Come on. You don't you think I deserve it? <laughs> I, one more funny little uh, tidbit that I forgot to mention about the crew is that at the end, they all got um, tattoos on their butts that said barely made it with made spelled like made, which I thought was um, because that's we, everyone was really just like it was, you know, winter. Anyhow, I'll let you lead. No, I, I wanted to know more about the tattoos. Uh, th- these were like uh, uh, removable <laughs> tattoos, right? Or is this- no, serious. Like the crew got tattoos that said barely made it. Like, yeah, we were all in it. <laughs> wow. Wait, did you I get know. one? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the, okay, I'm, I'm, at, at some point that's... I'm, I want to check with the crew in 20 years. Like who, who's still excited that they have that tattoo on the day. I was like, Oh no, you made a huge mistake. This is going to be over. This is like, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's talk, talk about boot camp, especially during COVID and, and yeah, you were, you were in every scene. I'm trying to think of, was there any scene that you weren't in? I mean, I think 99% you were in. At one point, um, my employer's, dog takes a shit and I got a 30 minute break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like really exciting. I was like, Oh, 30 minutes after lunch. This is nuts. Um, all right, cool. Getting hot chocolate. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but also like what a, what a, an amazing gift to be able to, you know, to work like that. Like I love my job so much and I'm, I know how lucky I am to have this job. And, um, and it was a huge opportunity for me. Um, so it was super hard, definitely. And also, you know, working with Riley was, who plays Maddie is, was one of the most fulfilling, exciting things in my whole life. Also so hard being a mom is so hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change it. Of course. Yeah. This was good practice. Good practice for you. So uh, t- talk mm-hmm. a little bit. About, I, I know I've read a lot about, uh, you know, you really bonded with Riley. And and uh, now it's been a while since production. You Have you kept in touch? And, and what's what's your relationship like with her? We still FaceTime and we send each other little gifts, little handmade cards. And um, we got them hanging up on my refrigerator. She's a real cutie. She's growing really fast. Um, it's, you know... It's, it was at once the most rewarding scene partner on the planet um, and the most challenging, <laughs> you know, because when she's sleeping in your arms, you really have a baby sleeping in your arms and it just does something to you um, physically, you know, and like your heartbeats are sinking up and uh, you're just so protective of this four-year-old who's completely surrendered herself to you, you know, and she was my favorite cuddle bug too. And then <laughs> um, on the other side of things, you know, like there would be days where I was, you know, driven real crazy. Like we didn't want to, you know, get into a car seat, which is completely reasonable for 10 times in a row because no four-year-old wants to do that 10 times in a row. And then I would run laps with her on my shoulders and pretend like she had superpowers in order to bribe her to do something. (laughs) Or it'd be like, you know, our 12th hour of working and she decides she doesn't want to say say her lines. And you like have to, I'd have to figure out a way 
to make it really fun because I wanted to make sure that she wasn't having a bad fourth year of her life and that it didn't feel like work. No four year old should be working. So I just, you know, really protected her and and made sure that she it was all on on her terms um, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, no, and and obviously you know she's four, so she understands that this is play acting. But at the same time, there's some really intense scenes, the oh, domestic violence yeah. scenes. Yeah, Riley would get really scared, and then you know I think I was it had, it had been from the beginning we were really close, so she felt really safe and comfortable with me. But when someone was yelling at me, she wasn't okay with that. Like she was really upset with my mom the first time that um, she worked with my mom, and I, I'm supposed to drive away, but what? Uh, really happened was that I'm just below frame holding onto Riley's ankles because she wouldn't be in the scene without me. Um, and that was happening all the time. Like most of the time, if Riley's in a, on, in a shot and I'm not there, it, I'm like laying on the ground, holding her in some way, which also just like feeds your ego in such a massive way. You're like, God, this kid loves me, <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, it's like, it's really, really cozy. Um, it's really, really cozy. Yeah. But she, I felt so protected by her too. Yeah. Cause she hated she hated Nick's character, Sean, because um, he would yell at me and she hated the character that plays my dad. Like the whole thing, just anytime there was yelling, she really didn't understand the difference. And we would talk to her and prep her for it and um, then and talk about it all afterwards. But she was just such a sweetheart and would get so upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my behalf. <laughs> to be fair, as a viewer, I hated them too. So <laughs> <laughs> they are awful, awful people. <laughs> but uh, but but the the complexity, uh, you know, obviously you you sort of you know as as we sort of you know watch this relationship and you know the 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 dive into domestic violence and the question mm. of why do people go back and and why is it so hard for them to leave? You really see, you know, sort of the, with this character the pr- predicament she's in, and it's not black and white. Uh, and and I feel like you did a really good job in, in sort of showing that. And, and you know, Alex is strong, but she's also human. And she's there. There's a lot of things going on that she has to deal with. And then there's a car accident. And there's like all these things that happen that you, you just you you feel for this character and you know the the, the struggle that she goes through. And and you brought such a humanity to that. Um, Talk a little bit about, um, so, so you mentioned Stephanie Land, who, you know, wrote the book. Um, how much did you get to know, know her? Did you sort of interact with her or what was that process? You know, to be honest, like we've only started interacting on the, like lately. Yeah. <laughs> She's remarkable, but we shot this during COVID. So she couldn't come out in person and, and I got her blessing. It was important for me to get her blessing, but we didn't, we couldn't meet until after, or we still haven't even met, but we talk on the phone now and we text and all that stuff. And she's just, I mean, what a freaking hero, you know, um, and what she's endured is really mind blowing and she's just endlessly positive and generous and giving and kind. And, um, I couldn't look up to her more. So it sounds like, I mean, obviously she, she watched it. She approved, uh, did, did she sort of, uh, have certain things that particularly like stood out to her that she, she mentioned to you? Yeah. I, it meant, it meant the world to me that she approved, I think, you know, uh, from from what she's told me that it was just been interesting for her to, you know, because she was so she didn't want people to know how hard it was for her at the time. And so there's all these people in her life that are now reaching out and just saying that they're sorry that they had no idea, you know. Um, And. I think that must have something to do with. Why the shows 
resonating with so many people is that like they either recognize a piece of themselves in that or their sister or their mom or their friend, because these are things that are really hard to talk about. You know, poverty is really hard to talk about. Emotional abuse is really hard to talk about. It's not something, you know, people are um, publicizing about themselves usually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think also the, the bureaucracy of it all resonates with people as well. The, the frustration oh. that they, so there, there's that, but then there's also the heroes who are out there who, you know, run these shelters who, mm. you know, uh, who are doing exactly some of the things that they highlight in the show, which I think was also important to see that there are really good people out there and they're real opportunities for people who are abused to go and find safe haven and to me that's like that's probably the biggest gift that the show is is to show people there is a way out there's an escape there there are people who can help you and there are places to go and ways to survive this totally i mean i love your positive spin here um <laughs> i don't think i've heard <laughs> i haven't had someone talk to me about how they felt like it was um a gift in that way. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess one thing that's really important to acknowledge if we're talking about it in, in that way is that just like, it was almost possible, impossible for Stephanie, you know, like it, it almost didn't happen. She almost didn't get out. She almost didn't get by. And I think, you know, had she been a person of color, the chances are pretty much slim to none, you know, yeah. with all those in place. And, um, she's, you know, just, she seems like she's completely at a loss and she still has an advantage compared to a huge part of the population. So yeah, I mean, yes, there is hope. And yes, I think that I, or I hope that shows like this spark conversation and enough to lead to change, um, systemic change. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was almost impossible for her, which yeah. is just not right. It's just, you know, I think about, I have such, I mean, it's just wild to think that some people are just treading water to get by, you know, that they're just trying to keep their head afloat. They're just trying to pay the bills. They're just trying to make enough money to, to, you know, meet their rent or whatever it is. And they're living in debt and, and, and they're working crazy hours. And when you're in that position, of course it would seem impossible to change your home life. Like any rock could be catastrophic. It's just, it's just not okay that so many people are living like that. Yeah. Where something even as small as there, there's that moment where Alice goes to pick up her daughter at the daycare and they're right. like, Oh, we had ice cream today. It was $6. You're like, wait, what? $6? Right. Well, two scoops right. of ice cream. That's still $6. I mean, for someone who's like, you know, scraping totally. to get by, that's a huge difference. And totally. now she can't get gas. Right. Yeah. And that's just like, not okay. That's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> that anyone should have to endure that. After the break, more from Margaret Qualley. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. We're chatting with Margaret Qualley about her SAG Award-nominated performance in Netflix's limited series, Made. The show was a hit for Netflix. It's one of the streamer's top 10 shows of all time and most watched limited series ever. Quali, for one, is amazed. 
mind blowing. I mean, it's so gratifying, truly mind blowing for me. Like, I just didn't expect that at all, at all, at all, at all. Um, I don't really think anyone making it did. I think, I think we thought it was going to be kind of quiet and, you know, it's like, it's about a woman who's crying a lot (laughs) and and her daughter and she's cleaning homes. Like I did, who would imagine that to reach so many households? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think you're, you're right. There, there are so many different angles to it and so many different, I mean, it may, maybe like you just look at that little girl that Riley plays and, and you just, you're, you're taken by that or, or my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your mom. I mean, again, how I I know you've talked about this a lot, but just that, that the fact that you got to work with her, I know you've been talking about, you wanted to work with her for a while and you Mm -hmm. found like this, this great project. Uh, What, what was that dynamic like? I mean, when you're yelling at your real life mom playing your fictional mom, again, surreal, right? The most surreal. It's freaking nuts. It's just (laughs) crazy. I mean, what the heck? Like, I just got so lucky. Um, I got so lucky. You walk in the room and you're saying, hey, mom, and it's your mom. Like, that's exceptional. Um, and it made my job so much easier. And what, and it was just thrilling. I um, I have always wanted to work with my mother. And I didn't anticipate it being this soon. And we were one of the first things to film um, in, you know, in the, during the pandemic. and. Um, And I think, you know, one of the things that I learned uh, when the world shut down was that like, oh, I should probably just like do everything that I want to do right when I can do it. You know, if I have the opportunity, I might as well do the thing. Um, And I shouldn't just like save all of my precious ideas, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, oh, like, or, you know, I shouldn't like hoard things like, like, oh, I'll save that good thing for later. I should just like do it. And, um, was an example of this where I was like, okay, at one point I want to work with my mom, you know, when I have a meaningful project to do with her. And then I also realized like, this was so meaningful. Like there's such a complex, uh, rich mother daughter relationship and with a really beautiful arc. And, and, and then I was like, oh, wait, okay. Why would I wait and do anything? No one knows how much time they have to do anything. Um, and so I got really amped up on the idea of my mom being my mom. And I called Margot Robbie, and she loved the idea because she's one of the producers on this. And, and then, you know, she did the rounds of telling everyone else and everyone else was really excited too. And then it happened really quickly. And my mom came up to Canada, um, which was so nice. And it was just wild to work with her. It's wild to say those things. You know, also that my, my relationship with my mother is, is not that relationship. And I've actually like, I don't, I've never yelled at my mom. Um, and not and, even when you were a teenager. I, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't a perfect kid, but I did it things in a different way. I'm not a, I'm not a real yeller in life. That's wild. Um, well, it's funny because what, what's like the, the, the cliche don't work with kids, don't work with pets and probably don't work with your family. And you, right, and you, you broke all three rules. All. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it worked out. And and the interviews I've seen your mom talk about, I mean, she seems really proud. And, and she talks about, you know, how, you know, your relationship with Riley on the set and, and how that really made her proud as well. So that that kind of seems special. It was one of the coolest moments in the world when we're it's towards the end of the season. And my mom um, 
Paula's character is telling Alex that she's proud of her when she's telling her that she's going to go move to Missoula and go to college. And um, she goes, I'm just so proud of you. And she's kind of crying. And my mom's really just crying, looking at me at the end of this eight, nine months shoot telling me that she's proud of me and we both choked up and gave each other a huge hug after it was, it was really such a special experience. Yeah. I'm so lucky. That is, that is great. Um, what, what is your favorite uh, movie uh, featuring your mom? It's so hard. I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, I, I got, I got Groundhog Day. It's, of Groundhog Day. it's the best. It's my favorite. I mean, that's the one I watched the most as a child, too, because we didn't watch too many of her movies growing up because it is it's like hard to understand what's happening, you know, um, <laughs> when you're really yeah. little. But Groundhog Day was one of the first that I ever saw. And um, and we would watch it kind of every year. And and I you know, it's wild to have my mom like to have your mom be associated with something that's become a phrase, you know, um, you know, yeah. you hear Groundhog Day all the time. And I'm always still like. Hey, that's my mom. <laughs> that is wild. That's that's got to be speaking of surreal. And hey, by the way, it's Groundhog Day this week, so what a perfect time oh, to go back and yeah. so I'll be putting it on. Yeah, I'll be putting it on here, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. Time to do the 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 rewatch. Um, favorite moment from shooting this? Uh, I know it was you know it's it's a pretty you know emotional series but there were are some lighthearted moments i love the scene where the two of you go to the the open house and you're taylor swiftman oh yeah um, there's a, yeah there's, there are a few lighthearted moments in, in what's generally a, a really you know hard uh, emotional watch yeah loved having a taylor swiftman moment there um yeah no i oh Okay, I'll say a few different things. Anytime that Riley is sleeping in my arms is special and lovely and the best and the most comforting. And when you're, you know, away from home and you haven't seen, well, my mom was there, but, you, you know, a lot of the people in your life and then you have this sweet little girl sleeping in your chest, like, it's very special. Um, and then working with Theo, Theodore Pellerin, is always, I think he's just such a brilliant actor. He's the guy that... Um, in episode four, when I met Regina's that comes over and we have the Tinder date, mm -hmm. um, he sneaks out. I just, I think he, he, I was like, I, I don't know. He just gives me a real burst of energy and I just think he's brilliant. So I love working with him. And then, to, you know, I got to work with a lot of amazing directors too. Lila Neugenbauer did episode five and she's one of those people that I'm just like, Oh, how can I be around her more? Um, I want to work with her because she's spectacular and brilliant and I want to be around her more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are, those will be my three right now. That's great. And then work uh, Margot Robbie as, as a executive producer, um, really? which is kind of cool. And, uh, John Wells, you have any ER questions that you bugged him about, or maybe you're too <laughs> young for ER. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just slightly too young for ER, I think, or I'm just like out of it. Uh, maybe I'm just out of it. Sometimes I'm just, I've, I have like cultural gaps in my knowledge. That's totally okay. So what are you excited about next? I, I know I was looking at your IMDB, a couple of things that you've worked on. And then there are a couple of things that have been talked about that I know haven't begun yet. I wanted to ask you about Fred and Ginger. Is that uh, oh, yeah. what, what's, what's, what's the status there? Cause that's kind of exciting. 
I think it's going to happen. Um, I think it's going to happen and I'm just going to have to start tapping really hard once it, it really looks like it's a go. Um, and that came about because Jamie Bell, I did a movie with him a long time ago and um, he was telling me that he wanted to do a Friday Stare project and I just love dancing so much. And so when he started pitching me the Fred Astaire project, you know, not for me to do it with him, just like what he wanted to do. I started tapping and I was like, so where's Ginger, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and it just happened that way. And he was like, you know, yeah, sure. Maybe it should be a Fred and Ginger. And then he's amazing and met with Fred Berger, who's one of the producers and they got a writer and the whole thing and made it happen. And I've just somehow just like tapped my way into it on the sidelines. And I've, uh, I really want it to happen because I think it sounds like so much fun. And there's that. Is that an answer? Yeah, yeah, that that, <laughs> that is an answer. No, I I love that you're 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 going through like you know slowly like every every major dancer like uh, maybe at some point you'll be able to portray. Oh God, that's a lot of pressure. But I but oh <laughs> yeah, I, playing in raking was very special. If that's what you're referencing, yeah, it was the yes. most is the most special, and we miss her. Rest in peace, beautiful in raking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, it got you an Emmy nomination, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> and get to know her i mean god she's just a remarkable human being and so generous yeah that, i mean that is wonderful you you did get a chance to get to know her before her her passing so so that that must be like talk about like a career experience which you've had a number of these like pretty cool career experiences um I'm, at, yeah oh it's happened i'm so lucky so what else are you excited about? Uh, what's what's coming up next for you that uh, you're looking for for people to see? Um, this last summer, I did this movie in New York. We were doing, um, it was called Sanctuary, and I had so much fun doing it. Uh, it's with Chris Abbott and Zach Wigan directed it. And um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. But it was very yeah. fun, fun movie. And I, yeah. And then... Um, I did a Claire Nee movie after that in Panama um, called Stars at Noon. And that was another family affair. My dad lives in Panama. So I um, got to go see my dad and and um, and do a Claire Nee movie at the same time. Like, what the heck? Uh, my dad actually showed up to set every single day for the entire 10-week shoot, which was yeah. the cutest thing in the world. Like, he'd get up at four in the morning with me when I would have to go to work at four in the morning. Um, and it was such a special experience to work with Claire. So I'm excited to see that. Um, that's like one of those things that was so wild that it almost feels like a dream, you know, where I'm like, did that even happen? Did I, did I do that movie with Claire? Wow. Um, and I'm excited to see it. And then I'm going to go off and, um, work here in a couple months. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, well, the the other thing, like uh, speaking of working with your mother again, maybe uh, I think it's time for a Groundhog Day two, and I think you <laughs> need to be a part of it. So, Sounds let great. your mom know, and <laughs> you'll work on it. Yeah. But Groundhog Day, <laughs> exactly. I th I think you, I would love to see you in Groundhog Day two. So it's it's oh. only been thirty years. It's it's time for them to bring it back. So oh, thank. <laughs> Well, congratulations on made. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm so happy that like it resonated with people. It, it was such a strong piece and you've got to be proud of it, especially since you're in 99% of the scenes. So congrats. 
like the most grateful. I'm so happy that people watched it. And I'm so glad that it touched people. And I just feel honored to have been able to play some version of Stephanie land. And I, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful. Thank you for talking to me today. Yeah, absolutely. And happy Groundhog Day. Okay, thanks. (laughs) That SAG Award nominated Margaret Qualley, star of Maid, now streaming on Netflix. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. The Award Circuit Podcast is edited by Drew Griffith and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. Until next time, for Clayton Davis, Jazz Tanke, and Janelle Riley, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Oh.